Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to The Unlocked Athlete. I'm David Ventry. And I'm Billy Neal. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring discussion filled with mental performance tips and strategies to take your game to the next level. As certified mental performance coaches, we have a passion to fill in the missing link for athletes. Thanks for hanging with us today and let the unlocking of the mind begin. Welcome to another episode of the Unlocked Athlete Podcast. Today we have Eric Hinman, and I'm going to take an attempt at give it a little bio for you here. You you add anything I missed, but so Eric is five-time Ironman, biohacker, entrepreneur, business uh, developer, grower, um, and uh, chasing perfect days, trying to stay in that flow state, and uh, most days you'll find him without a shirt. How's that? I love it. You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. Probably the last point is most important. Yeah. I mean, I've written a bunch of different chapters in life and, you know, the chapter that I'm writing now is really, you know, all around health and wellness and, you know, just living a really purposeful life, doing things I enjoy in an environment that I enjoy being in, people that I want to be around and, you know, just trying to provide things that help me get to where I am. So, um, you know, health and wellness obviously is the huge component of, of my day, exercise, eating healthy, sauna sessions, cold exposure. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people see those things as things that athletes do when, you know, the truth of the matter is I do it because I feel my best when I'm doing it. I have an unlimited energy. I have mental clarity. Um, I just feel like the best version of myself and I'm able to show up for other people as the best version of myself and really give back. So, yeah, I mean, that's the chapter of life that I'm writing right now. And man, it's awesome. Sounds like an awesome chapter, man. You know, it, one of the things that we, we work with with athletes is setting up a routine um, around their yeah. goals. And, and usually what we'll do is first we'll set apart, say, okay, well, what are the most important things you need to do? And then build everything else around that. And it's pretty clear that you've built this routine around what's most important to you and you're doing it on a daily basis. So we would just love to, to hear you share more about kind of how you got to that point, but also um, is that exactly how you're doing it? You're like, I'm going to, I'm going to put my, the most important things in first and then I'll build everything else around that. Yeah, exactly. It took years to, you know, to a figure out like, what I really enjoyed, what makes me, made me thrive. So, you know, I, I don't think it's something you just land on. I think it's a lot of experimentation. And for me, there were, there was a period of time where, you know, I would literally write out, like, these were the people that brought me positive energy today. These were the activities that brought me positive energy. These were the environments I was in where I just felt like I was completely present in the moment. And, you know, my mind wasn't wandering. I wasn't thinking about what else I could be doing. I was so stoked to, to be in that moment. So yeah, I wrote those things out in my late twenties, early thirties. And, you know, ultimately it was Ironman triathlon when I started training and competing in my late twenties in that sport that, I started to realize that my stoke was just so much higher, um, you know, after exercise, after bettering my run pace, after, you know, improving, having a good swim session than it was by just making more money and buying more things. So, you know, I'm like, God, I feel like society pressures you to 
you know, show off these nice things you have and wear fancy watches and drive nice cars when, you know, there might be a quick dopamine hit from it, but it's really not sustainable. And I just realized like the journey of Ironman of self-improvement of bettering myself, you know, my cup was so full. And then I started attracting all of these amazing people into my life, all of these amazing opportunities. And, you know, I really feel like the universe reciprocates when you're putting out good energy. And, you know, that's what Iron Man did for me is that it allowed me to feel my best and just be my best. That's awesome. Yeah, I think man. we'd love to probably tap in more into that Iron Man thing, but it's pretty clear that you, based on your routine and your, your physical activities, you get that benefit of, of the mental side of, of what that does for you. So from your cold plunging to the sauna sessions to just elevating your heart rate. Um, yeah. Do you, do you have a specific mindfulness practice that's just, that's, that's not, you know, just body related though? Do you have anything that you do every single day? I don't have anything I do every single day that isn't involving exercise. I always call it moving meditation. So, you know, my mountain bike rides, I'm generally doing it alone. I'm out there for 90 minutes. That's a moving meditation for me where I'm completely in the moment. I'm present. And yeah, it just allows me to create space in my mind for, you know, all of these experiences I've collected over time, all of these people I've met. Um, all of these ideas I have to like come together. So trail running, mountain biking, I consider those kind of my moving meditation. And then I do get a deep tissue massage um, every other week. I used to get them even more often. Um, I should start doing it at least once a week, just with how busy my schedule has gotten. I feel like that for me is, is where I check out for 90 minutes. I create space in my mind. You know, I can just kind of formulate all of the things that have happened over, you know, the, the previous two weeks and make something of it. So I do think some kind of, um, you know, meditation practice or a way just to avoid stimuli so you can make space in your mind is super important. And, you know, it's different for each of us. I'm, I'm very high energy. I go, go, go. So, you know, I've found my way to do that without having to just, you know, lay down and, and uh, you know, meditate in the traditional sense of the word. That's yeah. great. Eric, I was, um, I'm just always curious whenever I hear, like we had a gentleman, Bob Becker, who is 77 years old, right? And he does like ultra marathons and just okay. kind of hearing his story about how he got into that. I was, um, I wouldn't say ignorant, but I, when I heard Ironman, I thought of like triathlon, right? And then yeah. as you start to look into it, it's like, oh, this is way more than that. So <laughs> I'm just curious, like what motivated you to like say, you know what, I'm going to, I want to swim for two miles and then bike for 112 and then run a marathon at the end. Like what was kind of your motivation to do that first one and then do the consequent ones after that? Yeah. I mean, the motivation for my very first triathlon was just getting in shape. I, uh, you know, in my early twenties, I was driving 50,000 miles a year, sitting in a car, mm. selling insurance to commercial businesses. And I got pretty out of shape in my mid twenties. So around 25, 26, I hired a personal trainer, started to get back into aesthetically good looking shape, but mm -hmm. um, not, you know, I, I realized that like looking fit and being fit are two very different things. I signed up for a nine mile race, a 15K called the Utica Boilermaker. And my pace was horrible compared to how fast I used to run uh, high school cross country and track. And I was just like smashed for five days afterwards. So, um, 
you know, during that time period, a bunch of my friends were buying these fancy bikes that had four handlebars on them and I wanted one. So I'm like, what are these? And they're like, we're doing a triathlon. I'm like, I'll do a triathlon. I want this bike. So I bought the fancy bike with four handlebars and uh, signed up for my first spring triathlon and <clears throat> almost drowned in the swim. I had no swimming background. Um, the bike came pretty naturally for me cause I was doing a lot of CrossFit type workouts at the gym. So I had some pretty good leg strength and the run came back quick. Cause I had a running background from high school track and high school cross country. I was a decent runner. Um, so after that first sprint triathlon, I think I got like third place in my age group. They, um, triathlon does a great job at like keeping your stoke high because they have a million different ways where you can place. <laughs> so I placed in my age group third, you know, it's probably like 30th or 40th overall, but third for me in my age group sounded pretty cool. And, uh, I'm like, wow, I think I can, you know, take this somewhere. So, you know, I signed up for another sprint and prove my time. And then I signed up next, the next year for an Olympic distance and a half Ironman and, you know, with each one, like after the race, I was like, I'm never doing this again. That was horrible. And then 30 <laughs> minutes later, I'd be like, I think I'm going to go further. <laughs> I think I'm going to do a full Ironman. It's amazing how the sport just like sucks you in if you're addicted to improvement, which, you know, I've always been very addicted to just incremental improvement. So that's what I loved about the sport. It's not a sport that favors any, you know, genetic gift that you have. It's just a grunt work sport where, you know, the more time and purposeful practice you put in, the better you get at it. And, you know, I hired a coach during that time period. His name is Mike Corona. He was a local guy that would beat me in all of the local triathlons. So if you can't beat him, hire him. So I hired him and he, uh, he taught me a very valuable lesson that there's a big difference between exercise and training. Like training is purposeful. You understand why you're doing what you're doing with every session. And, you know, when I was just getting into the sport, I was coming from more of a CrossFit type training background. So I was used to just going hard. I would, I would go hard out of the gate. I could really only maintain that for about 45 minutes. And then, you know, I would die off because I was doing everything at a 170, 180 heart rate. And, you know, he taught me I had to slow down to speed up. So he taught me the Mathetone method, which is aerobic heart rate training zone two. And he, he slowed me down on everything. He's like, I want you around a 140 heart rate for all of your runs. And you know, it took him like four months of preaching this to me before I finally listened. Cause I'm like, I don't feel like I'm exercising anymore, Mike. I just feel like I'm out there having a casual jog. <laughs> and, uh, you know, finally I listened, I slowed down and, you know, in 2000, 2011, I could run, um, call it a half marathon at like, uh, eight minute per mile pace at a 140 heart rate. And then fast forward to Kona 2014, the Ironman World Championships. Mm -hmm. I could run 20 plus miles at a 129 heart rate, 630 pace. And the majority of that was from doing zone two heart rate training. I did very little track work. I did very little speed work. Um, you know, I didn't do like 5Ks or 10Ks. I really was just like high, high volume building durability so that, you know, I could maintain um, 80% of my heart rate for a very long period of time. And that's ultimately, you know, to get really good at Ironman, that's like the first step of it. Like if you want to be the best of the best, then sure. You have to start incorporating in some speed work to get faster and improve your lactate threshold. But for me, it was building that aerobic base, building that durability and slowing down, um, is what fed me up. No, that's great. Like, what do you consider your, I, I don't know if like weakest or like is there one part 
of the triathlons that you like don't look forward to is it the swim or you said bike was pretty yeah. natural to you is it, is it the swimming part yeah that four letter word that starts with a swim I, uh, <laughs> the swim for me was not enjoyable ever i never got really good at swimming and i trained my ass off in the pool but um yeah it's just i, I never really developed the, the the technique to just glide through the water like the top guys do um, so swim was by far my weakest link. I would always come out of the water, you know, in the maybe middle of the pack. And then I'd have to like claw my way to the front on the bike and the run, which was fun because, you know, the whole race, I'm pretty much passing people. And in the swim, you can't really tell where you are. So that right. was cool, but it was always annoying coming out of the water. And I'm like, God damn it. I got a lot of room to make up now. <laughs> how do you, how do Luckily, you keep... it's a small component of the race? Gotcha. How do you compete or how do you keep yourself locked in mentally? When you're going into something like a workout, like some of these workouts, I see that you work out for like two hours at a time, right? Yeah. In the afternoon. yeah. Like w- when you're in the middle of that and you're like killing your body, um, how do you like flip the switch mentally? Yeah, well, I think it's changed over time. In the Ironman days, I had this like burning desire with every training session. I was visualizing myself running along the lava fields in Kona. So, you know, I I think doing stuff like that when there is extreme discomfort for long periods of time, like an ultra marathon, um, Ironman, half Ironman, you know, anything over like three or four hours, like you need to have like some kind of purpose to, to push. And I had that back then. And honestly, I, I stopped doing the sport because I started to lose that, that burning desire. And I'm like, damn, I'm like tired in the evenings every day. And I've sacrificed so much to get where I am. So, you know, ultimately that passion burned out and, you know, I switched gears, you know, now it's more about, I mean, I honestly feel like I, 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 uh, I'm able to drop into things fairly quick within 10 or 15 minutes of doing an athletic activity that requires skill. So like mountain biking, there's a skill-based component to it. Olympic lifting, there's skill-based component to it. And yeah. yeah, I just feel like that's a big component of flow state is skill and incremental progress, obviously an elevated heart rate as you get going, your serotonin levels increase. So all of that puts me in a flow state now. And, you know, even though to you guys, you know, an hour and a half, two hour gym session may sound like a lot, you know, I had seven hour training days back in the Ironman days and I had, you know, five hour bikes with an hour run off the bike. So a 90 minute gym session or two hour gym session to me, where I'm not even working out the entire time, you know, half of it is rest, isn't all that daunting and isn't nearly as mentally painful as, you know, what I used to do with the endurance training. So, you know, I can't say that I go in with this like passion any i mean i have a passion for exercise but i don't have this like crazy you know this goal every single time i go in that i'm that i'm working towards it's more just like i i enjoy the people i'm around i enjoy the music that's playing the environment that i'm in the you know the camaraderie with others of pushing yourself and i know how how awesome i'm gonna feel afterwards nice yeah you know i it's great i i I do crossfit as, as well eric and um and i and i mountain bike i'm blessed to live by the mountains here in California. And um, I know that for me, when I get to that point where I feel like it's like, you know, I'm pushing myself hard enough to where that I'm, I'm starting to talk with that voice. And for me, I, I actually enjoy the sort of the battle with it. Just for you, yeah. is, what's that for you? Do you, do you have that voice that you're like, okay, when I'm really in that red zone, like I, I got to push harder. 
or, or keep it up. What's, what's that sound like for you? What's going on in your, in your head? Yeah, I definitely have that. And again, like we'll go back to the Ironman years. Like, um, you know, I definitely had it way more then where, you know, you just, you have these highs and lows. It's like a roller coaster ride and these longer workouts where, you know, you'll have a 10 minute spurt where you just feel like you're on top of the world. You're the best athlete ever. And then you have a 10 minute spurt where you're like, I want to fucking quit. Why did I do this? Today? It's horrible. It's hot out and I'm sweating all over the place. I'm hungry. I just want to go like yeah. my dog. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, with anything, practice makes you better at it. So by practicing discomfort often, by practicing, you know, that mental talk of like, I can push through this. I've done it before you know, it allows you to do it. So yeah, like when that crept up in an Ironman, I, I would honestly just think about all of the training sessions I'd, I had. And I'd be like, you know, I've run 20 miles before fast and I only have six miles left. Like I can do this, you know, there's going to be a cup of Coca-Cola at the next aid station. That's going to make <laughs> me feel good for two minutes. And I'm just going to look forward to that. So it's like you, you have to set these mini goals to reach your macro goal. And that's, ultimately what Ironman was the training sessions were just like these little mini goals just go the next mile don't think about the 24 miles you have left after biking 112 think about the next mile just focus on that you know my my family's gonna be there cheering me on and you know I just look forward to little things I gotta see the ski jumps in Lake Placid and there's gonna be that Coca-Cola at the next aid station so I would just like trick my mind into looking forward to something that was coming up soon yeah. You know, you, so you talk about, and you talk about your tribe and who you surround yourself with. And, and obviously we, we all know how important it is to surround yourself with the right people and that success leaves clues. You can learn a lot from others. Um, is there someone in particular in your life that kind of set you on that right path that you learned a ton from? I, I know a little bit that your dad kind of got you into the, the business of teaching you kind of some of the residual income stuff, but from a mindset standpoint, was there anyone that had a huge impact on kind of, you know, letting you know that you can design the life, how you, how you want to live? Um, so, I mean, it changes over time. It, it really depends on the chapter I'm writing. My dad definitely, you know, allowed me, he gave me the opportunity that has really allowed me the, the life I live now, you know, just building that residual income early on. So, you know, I could take some risks. I could start other companies. I could take time to, really figure out what my passions were. So, you know, that was really the first opportunity that, you know, was, was not given to me, but, you know, he pushed me in that direction and said, Hey, by doing this, you're going to set yourself up, you know, for future successes, which it did. Um, you know, each chapter, again, like I look to different people based on what I'm trying to achieve. So, you know, during my Ironman years, there was definitely a period of time where I was tinkering with different diets and I was looking to people like Dave Asprey and Ben Greenfeld um, for, you know, diet advice, supplement advice, high performance advice. Um, you know, lately I've definitely been listening to a lot of like Andrew Huberman, um, Jordan Peterson, uh, Peter Atia, people, you know, that are high level um, tinkerers or you have just really, I like people that both like study it and they do it, you know, I, like a Tim Ferriss, like people that are self-experimenters, they learn a lot and then they try it for themselves instead of just like regurgitating, you know, papers they read. So I, I tend to look towards people like that. And again, it just, it changes based on where my interests lie. And, you know, these last five years, a lot of 
a lot of my interest has, has been around sauna and cold exposure and, you know, just what that's doing to your, your mind, your body, um, you know, why it's allowing you to perform better physically and mentally, why it's improving longevity and health span. So I've, I've really been listening to a lot of stuff around that. Yeah. Can, can you, can you share, I know you know some stuff obviously about this. Can you share a little bit about the, the mental side effects of cold plunge and sauna for people? Yeah, so um, both of them are, um, you know, they're putting you in that fight or flight mode, which is going to boost your serotonin levels. And that's what's making you feel good. Your endorphins are racing just like they would after a workout. So you have that same just kind of like you took a limitless pill, you know, your mind is firing on all cylinders, you have insane energy. Um, so I mean, that's the feeling that you get from from doing it. And, you know, you need to you need to do it extreme enough that you produce that stimuli. And that's different for everyone. You know, for me, having been doing it for the last five or six years, like I have to go, you know, at a higher temperature and a longer duration in the sauna. And I have to go at a lower temperature and a higher duration or move around in the water to get that same response. Uh, but I mean, rule of thumb is in the cold, you know, go until you start shivering. That means that you've, um, you've triggered that response that you want. And then in the sauna, like you should be sweating profusely and you should be starting to get pretty uncomfortable in there. And, you know, for me, my resting heart rate is around 40. When my heart rate is around 95 to hundred, that's when I know that I'm at that point that I should, I should get out and cool down. And a lot of the benefit from these is coming from the heating up and cooling down process. So um, it's actually better to do like several rounds of going in the sauna, coming out, cooling down, going back in, cooling down instead of just like one long round. A lot of the benefit is within, you know, that heating up, cooling down um, and what, you know, is being triggered in, in your body by doing that. getting what you want in life is seeing it first. So, you know, I definitely collect experiences. I try to meet as many people as possible, you know, that are like-minded within the same realm as me, health and wellness, peak performance. Um, I try to have as many like captive conversations, literally every single day. I have people coming over to sauna and cold plunge with me. I feel like that's where um, my mind is working best and I'm able to have the best conversations with people in that captive environment. And, you know, through all of that, I feel like you get really clear on what you want. So Iron Man also un unlocked a lot of like what I wanted in life. It was almost, I've never done, you know, ayahuasca or any of these plant-based medicines, but, um, you know, I have a number of friends that have, and I always tell them like my Iron Man years, I feel like I got that same thing that you get out of, you know, the plant-based retreats is it just unlocked this clarity of what I wanted my life to look like. So I think that's the first step is, you know, unlocking that 
what you want your life to look at. And for me, it was through extreme exercise that I got to that place and then sharing it with people, meeting a lot of people, collecting experiences. So you understand like how, how to build it, you know, like my backyard, uh, my and Sarah's backyard is a, it's a full gym. We turf 1200 square feet. We put a rig in there. We put a sauna and cold plunge and, you know, I enjoy those things, but I would not have known like really how to set that up if I hadn't already seen like a lot of different fitness facilities and a lot of different, you know, spa facilities to understand like, okay, this is how we can do it here. Mm -hmm. you're, you're a great example of, of one preparation, you know, it's what we call process over outcome. Um, you know, you have an awesome routine and um, it, it's, it's clear how that sort of has developed in your life. I mean, at least, at least for us, it's clear. So no, we, we definitely appreciate that. Really, I'll let you jump back in. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about like you're really passionate about um, helping build brands, right? Yeah, and, uh, and doing that. And what we've seen is like you've been able to help brands that are in alignment with your lifestyle, which is really, really amazing to see. I just was wondering if you could just kind of share with us about like what kind of inspired you to do that, and then kind just kind of talk about some of your partnerships that you've been able to develop. Yeah. I mean, I love building businesses. I'm very entrepreneurial. Um, I had a chapter in life where I was the one taking on, you know, all of the risk in either starting my own things or investing in, in people and co-founding businesses. And that was really fun, but you know, there's also a component of stress that comes with it and like, shit, am I going to be able to make payroll next week? And you know, is this business going to fail? So, you know, now I've found this niche niche where, you know, I'm able to help others build their businesses and brands without, you know, taking on a lot of risks. Some of the companies I do invest in, um, but not to the standpoint of, you know, having a lease in my name and, you know, just having a lot of the risk associated with co-founding or starting your own business. And, you know, ultimately all of these businesses I work with, the majority of them come from personal connections. They come from you know, me inviting people over to do a sauna session or a workout and that person saying, hey, you should meet John who just started Protezyme uh, protein powder that my phone is sitting on right now. <laughs> um, so, you know, all of them really come through like my personal network of meeting people, um, having conversations with people and, you know, being super passionate about something like I've gone narrow and deep in health and wellness. You know, I know what I want to do every day and I know the types of people I want to be around. And, you know, through that, the people that get introduced to you are almost always like really, really good connections. And we're going to have a really good conversation because we live and breathe the same life. So, you know, I think that was a lot of it was just like going narrow and deep in health and wellness. Um, you know, putting yourself out there. I love going to community events, love hosting community events. So just like bumping shoulders with lots of people. Um, I call it collecting dots and connecting dots, you know, collecting a lot of dots over time. And then, you know, making the space like through mountain biking, trail running, whatever, to connect those dots and like formulate something from it. And yeah, I mean, it started out with just you know, people sending me products and I was like, this is really cool that, you know, Oakley's sending me a pair of sunglasses and, you know, this goes back to like 2015, 2016. And then, you know, 2017, 2018, I started, started to see the business opportunity with social media and having an audience and, 
you know, all of us really being able to create our own little TV show on social media, you know? Um, and, you know, it initially started as just like posting stuff for brands. And then I'm like, hey, I have so much more to offer. Like I've built businesses. I have an amazing network of great people that are influential within their certain space or their community. Um, you know, I know a lot of people that, that put on events. Um, I attend a lot of community events. So, you know, then I started structuring all of these brand deals as more of a consulting type relationship where like, I want to provide ROI. I've owned businesses. I know that if I'm, I'm spending marketing dollars, I need to see a return on investment on those marketing dollars. So I think of every which way where I can provide ROI for the brands I'm working with. And, you know, they have to align with my lifestyle. It has to be, you know, a, a product or service that I'm, I'm using. Um, I like knowing the founders. I think every single company I'm working with right now, I know the founders of the company and the majority of them are close friends and have been to our house. So, you know, having a relationship with them is super important to me. And I want to make sure I can help. I don't want to feel like just a billboard. So I don't want to work for a big, big company that everyone already knows about where I'm not really going to add any value for them. And I'm not going to add much value for my audience. I want to expose my audience to, you know, the new latest and greatest. And I want to, I want to help this company grow. So that's kind of how I pick the, the companies I work with. Yeah. No, that's great. I, I'm curious, like, it's David and I, before we hopped on here, we were kind of talking about you know, yesterday we were talking about how you've designed your life, right? <clears throat> and like the majority of your day is spent doing the things you want. I guess at what point, like when you think about purpose, like what shifts for you? Like kind of what, what do you want to accomplish? Like you've accomplished quite a bit. So like, what is that thing or that you want to do that you haven't done yet? Yeah. So for me, I, I'm very day to day. Like I, I figured out my perfect days and I know if I just keep replicating them, like amazing opportunities are going to come my way. So I can't say that like three years from now, I want to be here. I just kind of life, I, I let life happen based on knowing, you know, the last five years of my life, amazing things have happened just by living my life the way I want to. Um, I think purpose wise though, has definitely changed from, um, my achievements to like helping others achieve. Like I definitely find a lot of value in that now. You know, I, uh, a kid from Syracuse University, Quentin, he DM'd me last night uh, and, you know, we're going back now like 10 years. And he goes, hey, you know, I haven't seen you in like nine years. This is Quentin from back in Syracuse. Um, you know, you really inspired me when I was a student at Syracuse University to go the entrepreneurial path. And now I'm raising a series A, $10 million for this sports technology company I'm starting. And like, that was a really cool message to get from, you know, this aspiring entrepreneur that, you know, I, I spent uh, some time with when he was at Syracuse University. And now he's, you know, raising this $10 million round. So I love seeing others like succeed. I love helping others get to the top of their mountain. Um, and, you know, whether it's entrepreneurial, whether it's, you know, health and wellness, someone messaging me saying, you know, hey, I run every day now because like all of the things I see on your story, I see how much you do each day and how much it fuels your mental clarity and your well-being. So I started running and those messages are really cool. So, you know, I feel like a lot of the message now is just like encouraging others to live their best life. That's great.
That's awesome, man. I, I would say that it's pretty clear when, when you look at your content or is that, that it's, it's pretty darn authentic with, with what you're sharing and what, you know, what you're putting out there and, and without even having to ask you before you said it, like, you know, you could tell that you're only aligning with brands that, that you have a passion for, or again, they're in alignment with what you're doing. Um, one thing like with, with athletes, um, is about, you know, being able to be authentic and, 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 and play and, and, and be themselves. Um, I mean, you're a great example of that. Is there anything that you would say to those guys out there, guys and girls out there, um, as far as being able to put themselves out there and be authentic as you are online? Is, is there something like, you know, anything you can share to, to help those types of uh, athletes and people? Yeah, I mean, it's a figuring out like what is your perfect day? You know, what environment do you want to be in every day? What people do you want to surround yourself with? What activities do you enjoy? And then, yeah, yeah I mean, people people can can smell whether you're, you know, inauthentic or authentic based on, you know, you're stoked for life and that you're stoked for what you're doing. Like you can tell when someone's not into something, their their mind is wandering, they're not present with you. So, you know, I think I think that's kind of a superpower is is presence. Um, so figuring out again, like the environment that that keeps you present throughout the day, the people you're around, where you're having these amazing captive conversations, you're you know adding value for others. People are adding value for you, um, and the activities that where you're completely present. I mean, there was a period of time where I was doing things where I was doodling on a piece of paper, wishing I was somewhere else, and you know ultimately I got rid of those things so that I could live my authentic truth and just do things I really enjoyed. I'm not sure how much, you know, obviously putting yourself out there, you probably get comments from both sides. I'll be hopefully mostly positive, but I'm sure you get some, some stuff from the other side. Where's your, where did the courage come from to, to start putting yourself out there like that and also just continue to do it? Yeah. I mean, just knowing that, I mean, I'm literally just sharing my lifestyle. You know, it's, it's more documenting than anything. Um, so, you know, I know that I'm not like, preaching something that I'm not doing. Like I, I talk the talk and then I, I walk the walk. It's stuff yeah. I do every single day. So yeah, of course there's going to be people out there that, you know, don't jive with you that, you know, I've had some people that are like, Like all you do is exercise like tribal in nature is or in us. So yeah, I mean, when I get comments like that, I honestly like I've learned through time that you have to put yourself in the other person's shoes to really understand like where their opinion is coming from. And you have no idea, you know, where that person's been or where what you know what that person's experiences in, in life have been. So, you know, I'm I'm very not non-judgmental when I get a negative comment like that because I just don't know, you know, what that person's been through. And I can't put myself in, in their shoes to understand, you know, their mindset and where their opinions have come from. So, you know, I just kind of, you know, it's just words, you know, and <laughs> that's an awesome outlook. Um, Billy, did you have anything else before we kind of hit him with our last no, question? I was going to tell you, you probably hit him with the last question. Yeah. All right. Well, so one thing we, we like to ask, Eric, and, and not that you would change anything if you could go back, but if you could tell your 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 you know five year old self, give some type of advice, just you know for the rest of their lives, what would you share, knowing what you know now? Um, I mean, going back in time, I definitely wish I put more of an emphasis on like health and wellness, and I understood the 
the physical and mental benefits of it over the just the aesthetic or performance based benefits from it. So I think I would go back in time and, and tell, you know, that young self, that person in my 20s, how important that, you know, self-care is and how, you know, how how it's going to bring opportunities to you by investing in, in yourself um, and, you know, not not worrying so much about, you know, what the public or what, you know, uh, what the pressures are from society to, to achieve from a materialistic standpoint. I think I would have gone back and, and said that. But again, like, you know, I'm glad that I've landed where I did. I'm glad that I had some chapters where I had to go through the same things most have to go through. Like, you know, I think that's important to understand, you know, struggle, to understand not thriving and to understand thriving. That's great. Awesome, man. Thank, thanks for sharing. Um, and last thing is, is just, I think a lot of people that, well, that know you know where to find you, but easiest way to find you online? Yeah, my Instagram, just my name, Eric Hinman. My website is the same, erichinman.com. Um, I'm starting to build out a YouTube page right now where we're going to be posting sauna and cold exposure combos when I have people over to our, to our house. Um, and then I have a team that's building out uh, TikTok, and on there, I'm trying to just put like informational stuff on like sauna, cold exposure exercises. So, you know, very, very niche within those spaces. Thanks again for joining the Unlocked Athlete today. If you liked what you heard and felt, please subscribe. We'd love the opportunity to continue to inspire you on your athletic journey. Also, if you feel pulled to do so, please share with a fellow athlete. We can all unlock the next level together. Until next time, take care of that mind.